Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart! On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Well, hey, welcome on in. It is Sports Sunday time, 9.02 a.m. here on your Sunday morning. Mike and Rashad and Jesse with you till 11 o'clock. What up? We, uh, we'll have plenty of sports to get to you. Don't worry. Uh, we've got hot Olshay audio from... Thursday or Friday, whatever day it was. I think oh. it was Friday. Oh, jeez. And Rashad hasn't heard it yet. And uh, I'm kind of excited for him to hear it because who boy is it in an acting job? I, I've been avoiding listening to anything, you know, that gentleman has been saying. Because I don't want to say he's a bad dude. I don't think, I don't know if he's a bad dude and I've never, never been around him. But as a GM, not doing a bang up job thus far. Oh, so yeah. I, I don't really, I feel like everything has been fabrications, you know, so I don't want to. I kind of know what's coming, but yeah. This offseason is um, going to be interesting, or has been interesting, and it's, it's going to continue to be interesting for the Blazers. So we'll we'll talk with, talk about that. We'll deal with the Damian Lillard rumors that we've heard and all the stuff Blazer-wise coming up. Uh, also, we might get into this a little bit, although it has been kind of talked to death throughout the week, is the DeMarcus Cousins signing with the Warriors and the fact that the Blazers were tied to DeMarcus Cousins and couldn't get him because he has the same agent as Yusuf Nurkic, who also just re-signed with the Blazers, by the way. Um, just, uh, <laughs> I mean, we we don't just have a we don't just have a super team. We have an All Star team now. It's no. literally it's literally an All Star team. It's literally the Western Conference All Stars. You could put this Warriors team up against the East, and they would win. they would win. Yes. Yeah. So we'll we'll get to that. And then Rashad posed this question, and I wasn't even really thinking about it, but. He didn't even pose the question. He just said, bro, the big three is awesome. Are you watching it? And I was like, no. I, mean, I didn't say it like that. You, you're putting a little extra sauce on it. I didn't say it like you that. You were pretty saucy about it. Um, you are pretty excited about the big three. And I was like, no, are you kidding me? Come on, man. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, and three's awesome. it led to this little conversation before the show. So I put it in the notes. And uh, I even put it on the Facebook post on Facebook.com slash 1080 the fan. 
Uh, are you interested in the big three at all? What is it going to take for you to be interested in it? And do you think a secondary sports league, not a new sports league of a new sport, a secondary sports league of already a sport that you watch can ever become successful in your eyes? So that'll be coming up on the show as well, as well as hate it or love it um, in the 10 o'clock hour. But I did want to, I always, this is, this has been sitting in my parking lot at my apartment complex for a while. And I, and I'm very, 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 very oddly curious about this. Do not mistake this for judgment. I don't, I, I'm not judging. I don't really, I don't really care enough to judge, but what is the deal? What's the deal with the windowless and doorless Jeep Wranglers where they just like have nothing in them. They're just a cage and people drive them around. Is there a benefit to that? Because it's awesome. Like, I mean, is it awesome? First answer, because it's awesome. <laughs> like, it's like a, it's like an SUV convertible. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no top to it. But there's, there's no, no convertible because it. you can't cover it if it rains. You're just well, open. Well, it's just a yeah. They have, they have little, um, little soft tops that you can throw on it really they quick. They zip. Oh, okay. yeah. No, they got all yeah. sorts of, of, of yeah. stuff. They literally have like uh, something you can like roll up, throw under your one of your seats in the back, and throw over the top if it starts. Getting a little bit moist. Yeah. It's like we, a, it's called like a bikini. But top you also don't like have that. doors. Oh, they have them at home. What you can take yeah. those off, bro. You, they're they're made to be removable. That's so weird to me. That's by weird you mean awesome. Well, look, yeah. I, again, yes. I'm not judging. It's just weird to me. Yeah, I saw a guy driving once, and his like leg was sticking out the entire left left door, like into the next lane, and I was like, dude, like, come on, you're gonna get your leg chopped it, off it, right it, now. It looks kind of cool, but. It's it's not the safest, you know. You get into uh, a fender bender, or you know, you get t boned or something like that. Then more worried about the t bone. They do have the roll cage though, in case you you take a tumble. Yeah, but you know, there's no windows or doors, so no. There's going to be a lot of you, you bouncing into the it, asphalt as you roll. It is. It's really. I mean, it, it aerates you very well. You get a lot of. <laughs> You know, a lot of bugs days. in your mouth. <laughs> no, no. It's cool no. in the summer. It's cool for summer. It's no cool bugs. if you're going camping. You know, you're going up to the to the river or the mountain or something like that. Yeah, it's a pretty cool vehicle to have, I guess. I just I saw it. It's in my parking lot right now. It's like two spots away from me, and I'm like, yeah, it's the perfect time of year uh, year for that. The guy's listening now. He's like, you got a problem with my yeah. Jeep? Showing your your orange colors there. Your Syracuse orange. No, it's like, can you? Maybe I can ride it and I can figure out what it's all about. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's pretty that's cool. Man. I've I'll, never I'll been, be real. First of all, I've never been in a Wrangler because, well, I don't know. I've never been in a Wrangler. And then I've never obviously been in a windowless and doorless Wrangler. <laughs> There's a reason Wranglers are so popular and they keep their value pretty well. But aren't they supposed to be like not the best cars? Like, aren't they supposed to break down a lot? Well, they're made by Chrysler or were made by Chrysler. Now they're made by Jeep, which is, you know, a subset of Chrysler. Yeah, it's I think it's. Uh, it's just not what they used to be. You know, they used to, back when, like, a CJ5, that's, like, the, you know, the CJ series is basically what birthed the Wranglers. Those were... Are tanks. you a Jeep, bro? I love Jeeps, bro. Jeeps are tight. <laughs> I almost wow, bought... this is blowing me away. Yeah, almost I mean, Jesse's like going, a... like, actual model types. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, Jeeps are Jeeps are pretty pretty dope. They're a pretty sleek car, but they're also, they say, I'm I'm a man, and I'm here. I do like Respect the new ones. Me. The new ones look pretty, like the big Cherokees that kind of have the cool lights on the front. I think they look pretty cool. Uh, my aunt used to have this, the old-fashioned red Grand Cherokee. You know, like kind of like the, it looked like a little rectangle attached to a little square. It was just kind of awkward looking. She had that, and I always thought it was pretty cool because I my parents didn't have SUVs, and I was like, oh, my God. 
I want a Jeep. Man, there and there's so many and types then I of like didn't didn't there, get a Jeep. There's so many types of like, you know, Jeeps, you know, as far as the SUVs. There's the Cherokee and the Wrangler and the Compass and the like what is it? The, the 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 Patriot, the Renegade. Like, there's so many different types of just Jeep SUVs that it's kind Renegade's of you know, something kind of a cool name. No, yeah, and it's a kind of a cool car too. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, there's there's a lot of different you know types of Jeep, and I think that's why you know guys kind of like usually end up kind of leaning towards the Jeep side. And if you want to, completely take your your windows and doors and everything. Off. But that's just the Wrangler. The Wrangler's the only one that can do that, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't so. imagine one of the newer Cherokees or whatever they're called um, is going to take No, those off. are more luxury. The Wranglers, no, they have Wranglers a bunch of different are, Wrangler models, yeah, though. Yeah, the Wrangler is almost kind of like a um, a Hummer, you know, of of sorts. You know, it's, it's cooler. A big, it's almost like a tank. It's better you know? than the Hummer. Oh, yeah, the Hummer. Look, well, Hummer was probably the, the dumbest car. What? I love the Hummer. Oh, the up. Hummer was the, the dumbest car When the ever. H2 came out, I was like, this is amazing. Look at how big this car is. Look how is. big it is, you know? <laughs> Ten you, miles to the gallon. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. Man. Um, this text uh, from one of our P1s. As someone whose sedan car interior was burgled two weeks ago, I don't really need a doorless vehicle to make placing things inside more risky. Oh, no. But people in, in, in Oregon, they will figure out how to... Get your car, but alarms and all. If you don't have doors or anything on your car, you don't have anything of value in your car. So they, they go in your car and they're like, there's nothing to steal and there's nothing to break to get into your car and realize there's nothing to steal. Yeah. That's oh, got, that's also something you learn as Jeep Bro. It's so, kind of nice. You're like, whatever. Come look at my car and see that there's no. You yeah. want to steal my, my insurance ID card? Okay. Yeah, I had a Lexus <laughs> when I lived in Las Vegas. And uh, I mean, yeah, that's fancy it, pants. Was, it wasn't that fancy. It was like a 93, 94, something like that. But it looked okay. And um, one night came outside and, bro, like somebody broke into my car and they didn't steal anything. I had the game's first CD, the documentary, but it was a burned copy. You know, somebody had, you know, it's a great CD. For me. It's an awesome CD, which is where we get our theme song, Hate It or Love It, for Indeed. our 9 or 1030 segment. But um, somebody broke in and took that. Uh, they tried to steal the car because they messed with, like, the, you know, the, 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 the keyhole and everything like that. It was pretty terrible. But all they really took was my baby oil. What? Yeah. It was that was it. It was took they took the CD. They took, they took the baby oil. Baby oil. They took my. That was I was most mad. I was I wasn't even mad about the car getting broke. I was mad about my. Ba- Who takes another man's baby oil? Like I mean, that's I think there are violations, and that was one of them. I didn't like it. Maybe he was out, and he was like, "Hey, I don't need to go to the Seven Eleven later. I can just take this." <laughs> I, I guess so, man. But I mean, the game CD, I wasn't too mad about, but. That damn baby oil, man. I'll tell you, that, that was a frustrating part. The amount of times I listened to that game CD in a row, I must have listened for like a month straight. I loved that CD so much. It was an awesome CD. So good. So good. All right. That'll do it for the non-sports stuff for now. Coming up next, let's get into the Blazers topics of the week. And that includes hot Neil O'Shea audio. Oh, Damian Lillard traded. Not so fast. That's next here on The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.15 here on Sports Sunday on The Fan. This text, if you own a Jeep Wrangler, you've already overpaid for the vehicle. Therefore, there is nothing inside to steal. That's on the Better You Today Bingo. text line. Bingo. 55305. Feel free to text us on there. I'll show long. I forgot to promote it in the first segment. Better You Today text line 55305. You can also tweet at us at 1080 The Fan, at Mike Lynch 27 at TaylorMade503 as Rashad, and Jesse's at Jesse Osmond. A-S-Z-M-A-N. So we 
have Blazer audio today. Uh, we have all Shea audio today, I should say. He held the press conference on Friday, introducing the signings of Nick Stauskas and Seth Curry. And in that press conference, he also had to answer questions from the media, finally, about the Damian Lillard rumors, about the offseason thus far, and about the Ed Davis situation, which was just weird, right? Um, so we have audio about Lillard. We have audio about Ed Davis. We have audio about what's still to come this offseason. And then on the Stauskas and Curry signings. Where would you like to start? As uh, Rob would say, Rashad, choose your own adventure. Uh, I don't know which lie do I want to hear first. Um, let's 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 start with the Ed Davis stuff. Okay, this is this is the this is the piece of audio in my opinion. Oh my gosh, this one makes me rage a little bit when I listen to it. You ready? Let's go. We really felt like, you know, when we finished the season last year where there were things we needed to identify, areas of improvement, um, we appreciate everything they did. But, you know, clearly what we talked about, you know, in postseason media availability was we had a really good offseason. And I think people were forgetting that. We won 49 games. We finished third in the Western Conference. We won our second outright division title. Okay. And we beat a lot of the teams that everybody is now concerned about who's just signing their own players back. So what we said was we're not going to overreact to the playoff result relative to what went on in the regular season, the success we had there. But we're also not going to underreact and, and not take a deeper lens to areas of our roster that need to be upgraded. So we really feel like we upgraded a couple of positions uh, with the decisions we made today and the guys that are here. Honestly, with Ed, we loved Ed. If you speak with Ed, I was on the phone with Ed and his agent. The minute the bell went off, talking to him when he was offered by Brooklyn to see if that was going to be the best deal for him and his family this offseason, knowing where the big man market was going. And I counseled him to take that job. And I think if you asked Ed today, the counsel was pretty good. So I get people missing Ed. No one will miss him more than, than Terry and I and the guys around here. But we also ran into a buzzsaw in the playoffs. And a lot of that had to do with floor spacing. It had to do with floor balance. It had to do with a lack of shooting from different <laughs> positions on the floor. So we, we we made a decision that we were going to make a move, clear up some roster spots. Uh, we drafted two big men last year, um, one of whom is going to be an incredibly good player with Zach Collins, the other guy we believe in with Caleb Swanigan. We have Myers Leonard on the roster. And we think their skill sets translate more to what we need coming off the bench in the NBA today than, you know, as, as productive as Ed was, there were certainly limitations in terms of what it exposed us to defensively by an elite defensive team like New Orleans. So doesn't that just make your blood boil a little bit? The entirety of that clip. The entirety of that clip. The only thing I agree with, he says, is we upgraded this offseason. I do think that Nick Stauskas is better than Pat Connaughton, and I do think that Seth Curry is better than Shabazz Napier. I do think those things. So he's right that they upgraded those two positions. So that's the only thing I believe in the clip. Um and the Stauskas Connaughton one's a little bit on the border for me. I think he could be better, but I'm a little bit unsold on that. Um, I guess I, I kind of want to start with the fact that he told Ed Davis to take another team's contract offer and didn't offer him the $4.4 million or whatever it was. He was on the phone with Ed Davis, and Ed Davis told him he wanted to come back. And he went, yeah, just go take that Nets offer, man. <laughs> yeah, just go take it. Just take it. Trust me. Um, and then he says he's happy about it now. Is he? Is he happy about a one-year deal for $4 million with the Brooklyn Nets? I don't think so. So there's a couple things that, I mean, for me, that kind of stood out. Number one, the fact that he said they think they've had a good offseason thus far. I don't. He was talking about last year. Was he year. talking about last year? I'd certainly but I think he, he meant to say regular season because after he said offseason, he talks about all the regular okay, seasons. Okay, so well, let's talk about the regular season. And I think most people know – 
you've listened to the show, kind of how I feel about the Blazers' regular season. It was a whole lot of luck and stars aligning to it was fun. get the Blazers. I mean, it was, of course, that that 13-game stretch was the best basketball they played all season, but they also didn't play anyone. The other teams they played had uh, a hurt superstar, not a hurt you know player, but a hurt superstar on their team that didn't participate. So, so that part, that's that. Upgrade at where you so you and I'm not with you, but you honestly believe that man Shabazz Napier isn't as good as Seth Curry, which is craziness to me. I don't think Shabazz is that good. I think Shabazz has shown flashes, but he was he was awful. Seth has never shown a flash of anything yes, ever in the NBA. Yeah, oh no, he did in Dallas. Yeah, the year before yeah. he got hurt, he was actually really good. It um, was a progressive good too. I, Dude, I'm Shabazz Napier to, I'm at the end of this pass. Just because his defense at a point was he was the the best as far as guards on the team. He was the best perimeter defense defender no. that they had. Shabazz's yes, defense was, was the worst of all the guards. He couldn't keep anybody in front of him. Shabazz couldn't even hit a shot for the last month of the season. No, he was never a shooter. That's and that's the thing that Seth will have over him is the fact that hopefully he has that curry gene in him and can be that shooter. But Seth averaged twenty three points when he was a starter in Dallas. I don't remember Seth averaging 23. <laughs> he averaged ever 23 points. Dallas. Go look it up. He averaged 23 points as up. a starter in Dallas. Yeah. He's he's an upgrade. And the Stauskas content one is almost like a, it's a parallel move. But I think, I don't know. I remember Stauskas in college, and I kind of liked his upside. So I'm a little bit higher on that. <laughs> that's why I think I like it more. But see, that's like the, that's the small part of the clip to me, right? So, yeah, they, they did a very, 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 very minor upgrade. Okay? Very minor upgrade. But... The Ed Davis thing, and then he leads that into saying that the reason that they lost to the Pelicans the way they did was because Ed Davis didn't fit the current system of the NBA. Ed Davis, over the last three weeks of the season with Zach Collins, was the only reason you stayed as the three seed. He was the, the, he was the defender. One of the best players on the floor. He was the energy guy. When, the, when he and Zach Collins got on the floor, because remember they were paired at the end of the season last year, the games would change. The the actual energy of the game would change. The feeling of the game would change. And sure, in the playoffs, when you were playing Anthony Davis, not one of your big men is going to look like a good defender. Well, obviously, we know that. But but that's not really where the Blazers... Like, you knew the Blazers Anthony failed Davis, on every you, front against you, the Pelicans. Yeah, you knew where Anthony Davis, what he was going to do. He's a top five player in the NBA. You knew exactly what he was going to do when he got, when he got on the floor. It, nobody talked about Drew Holiday, though. Nobody talked about Rondo, and that's where the Blazers were beat, is by those two guards. I, th- I think Drew Holiday They were beat by what? Drew Holiday, in my opinion. Yeah, Drew he Holiday averaged, them. what, tw- 27 in that series? You know, and something crazy? held Damian Lillard completely in check. Rondo averaged, like, 11, 12 assists, you know, throughout that series. So those guards really beat them up, and it was having those undersized guards, and you went out and got more undersized guards. And so if I'm looking at areas of improvement – that wasn't one of the places. Ed Davis's position was somewhere you needed to improve. Keep him. Go out and get someone else that maybe can provide you a little more scoring uh, coming uh, as a starter. Man, that's an area of improvement. Make sure you take some pressure off of Nurkic and so he can get back to playing his game. Nurkic is not a post-up guy. He is. He can do it. Don't get me wrong. He just needs to dunk instead of trying to go layup. He's a guy that needs or some space to, to be able to work. Hit a layup. Like he, I mean, I think a lot of that was him getting hit in the face so, so many times. Got his nose broken. Lost some teeth you know, all type of stuff. And that was just this season, you know? So I think for Nurkic, it, he got a little, it got in his head, you know, instead of going up strong, like I always do and keep getting hit in the face. And, you know, I think he still got that hot girlfriend. 
Oh, I think so. Yeah, so yeah. I'm sure she didn't like it she very much. Face you know, and so, and I, I think it was one of those things. He could have used some help down there, and he didn't get it. And I think that was the biggest area they needed to improve in. And they seemingly got worse. We, they got smaller. Well, that's the thing is they, I kind of agreed. I mean, they needed improvement across the board, right? The When we ended the season, I think the two of us, we said, here's what they need. They need a 3 and D guy. They need another interior guy who can hit some shots and be a good defender. And they need a backup guard that's better or backup guards that are better. And they drafted two guards and they signed two guards. So they got some threes, right? They improved their three-point shooting, at least on paper, because Seth Curry is a good three-point shooter. Stauskas is supposed to be a good three-point shooter. And uh, Gary Trent, who they drafted at a Duke, is was the best three-point shooter in the draft, or second best, I think it was. So they got that, right? They improved their three-point shooting, which they did desperately need, because if we remember, uh, trusting Al Farouk Aminu and Mo Harkless to make threes, and Shabazz Napier to make threes in a playoff series is not the way to go. No. Um, but remember, Neil O'Shea also said, he said this at the end of the season, at the exit interviews, he goes, this offseason is very important, and it's going to be about getting playoff caliber veterans who have had playoff experience. And he signed Nick Stauskas, and he signed Seth Curry, who have zero and zero playoff experience. He drafted a 19-year-old uh, who has zero playoff experience in any, any, any sense because he played at IMG Academy and didn't go to college. And then Gary Trent, if you want to say NCAA tournament experience, great. But they haven't done that yet. So all of that to me, that that clip was so like hate him or hate him with Neil O'Shea, as most fans do right now. You have to give him credit for he tends to be able to spin stuff well enough where you're like, oh, okay, maybe that clip right there. He failed at spinning. And I don't know if it's because Blazer fans are starting to, to catch on and they're seeing through the BS, but that entire clip. I sat there and shook my head like, no, 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 no. And no, and no, like I didn't, nothing, nothing was true or nothing was right. So it's, it shows you how bad of a spot he's in and the Blazers are in it that he can't even spin this to be positive. <laughs> so what was O'Shea's job before he became the general manager of the Portland Trailblazers? Acting. He's a thespian. His job is to make us believe that he is a good GM. And for a couple years, I think he's done a great job of that. You know, Tupac was also a phenomenal actor. You know, that last little bit of his life, man, he made us all believe that he was a thug and made us all believe that he was a, you know, a blood and all type of stuff. Truth is, man, he wasn't any of those things. He had to do that because that's what death row required. Right now, the Blazers require him to, man, say all these things because we all know they're not true. We, we know that... The Blazers didn't get better. This is one of the worst off-seasons I can remember as a Blazers fan as far as actual movement. Especially when it feels like movement needed to be done. They, they got worse. Like, And I, I understand you guys you know, are, are a little higher on Seth Curry than I am, but is Seth Curry going to be what changes the fortunes of the Trailblazers? No, of course not. It's, like, a, it's, it, a, it's a small improvement. And, and that's when the rest of the NBA is getting better, particularly everyone in the West. 22 of the top 25 players in the NBA all come from the Western Conference. One of them just happens to be Damian Lillard. So all your competition is right there, man. LeBron's in the West now. That's a problem. (laughs) Man, the Rockets just kept Chris Paul, and they're going to keep getting other pieces. Man, that's a problem. OKC got uh, Paul George to come back and just cleared $100 million with Carmelo after they, you know, released him. Man, that's a problem for everybody 
name the Blazers, namely us, man. So I'm, I don't know what else he can say. This is like being in a relationship with somebody and you know they lie all the time. So at this point, I just don't even believe anything you're saying. You've lied more than you told the truth at this point. I almost feel like Olshay, I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that he didn't have these horrible contracts that he dished out a couple of years ago, um, he would just be pointing to the fact that free agents don't come here anyways because even if he had the cap space, we, I mean, you're never bringing LeBron here. You're you're not you're not bringing any of these free agents here. You're not getting Paul George to move here. The it, the only thing I could think of is try to get a guy like Kawhi. Like that's your only move. That's your only move to really improve this team is to take a bold move. Trade for a guy like Kawhi. Or Kevin Love could be on the market. Kevin Love could be on the market. I don't think that's nearly as bold. I think that's more of a lateral move. I I, I think you found out that he's – it's more of the mental uh, frailty of Kevin Love. I, I don't know. See, it's just he's a better player. With Kevin Love – It's I just you're instantly getting a great player. Even mental mental side or not, that's the playoff experience. Like – I, it he's is, not yes. obviously the, the top guy you would want out of all the ones who are available this year. I, I but it doesn't make you something that's competitive against a Houston. It doesn't make you something competitive well, against a Golden it, State Warriors. I, and it probably doesn't make you It super makes you com- better. And here's the thing. I think we think of Kevin Love and Cleveland. We think of Kevin Love, the guy, that the jump shooter. Kevin Love is not a jump shooter. He's a big who can ha- who happens to be able to shoot. He was that's, dominant in Minnesota. He was underneath. dominant in Minnesota. The reason is LeBron changes the way you play. Ask Chris Bosh. He makes you a jump shooter. All of a sudden, for you to be Agreed. able to do those things down low, you've got to move because LeBron needs to get to the rim. That's what he does. And so now everybody thinks he's still average. All that being said, not being able to do all the stuff he, had, he was able to do, he averaged his 18 and 9.5. And all right. We got a break. We have we have a clip that is about sort of like that. So I want to play that next. We also have the Damian Lillard clip as well as – his really weird explanation on why he went and got Nick Stauskas. That's all coming up the next segment or two. But first, Jesse has SportsCenter. Sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.35 here on your Sunday morning. Mike Rashad, Jesse with you till 11 o'clock. Talking some Blazers, playing some GM bro audio. So Jesse brought up uh, the idea of trades. You got to go big now. Now you have to go big because you kind of messed up the early part of this offseason. And... uh, I'll just start it. Neil O'Shea kind of talked about this here, and then there's a quote that we don't have audio from that he also said, so here it is. It's been an interesting time this summer. It's been very, very quiet. I think to date, the only trades mm. have been, you know, Dwight for, for Mozgov and I believe Wilson Chandler into Capram in Philly. I think those are the only trades to date, really, around the league. So the activity around the league is slower than it normally is at this point. I think we had teams with cap room, and I think teams are being fairly judicious, you know, looking at, you know, the mountain we're all trying to climb up in with his brother and his crew up there. So, you know, I think everybody's kind of trying to optimize their roster with what they have to deal with now. I think we've seen a lot of player retention. Uh, you know, I think there's been a lot of activity around the league. When you really look at the Western Conference, what's really happened? You know, LeBron went to the Lakers. So other than that, I mean, a lot of teams just took care of their own business. They signed their guys. They, you know, they played in the margins. They they filled needs, you know, the way we have. And now we'll start getting into more generating deals that can have maybe a higher impact if they're available. I love how dismissive 
He just was, was, oh, the only deal, only deal was made was LeBron to the Lakers. Oh, you know, like the biggest thing of the entire what? offseason. Like, are you serious? Like, that that's the only thing that happened? He, he didn't mention Boogie? He, okay. Well, you're right. Go ahead. I'll show you. Right. So the, the thing in there, though, so, I mean, again, you're kind of wading through the BS a little bit. But the thing in there that he did say, and he went on to say a little bit later, was we still have time to make trades. And he said that when summer league starts, which it did for the Blazers yesterday, um, almost every team is going to be down there. And that's when the conversations begin uh, in earnest because you're just with all the other GMs to make trades. And to Jesse's point, I agree, especially because of the way that the public perception is right now. The Blazers have to do something. If the Blazers go into this season having done nothing but sign Stauskas and Curry and draft the two guards, Simons and, and Gary Trent Jr., I think Blazer fans are, are falling off the ship. I think they're going, screw this. This sucks. I don't want to be a part of this right now. I've, we've already seen it on, on the Better You Today text line throughout the week on Twitter. People are like, I'm, I am not renewing my season tickets. I'm not going to watch this year. I'm not going to give them my money this year. Um, the, the fans are getting really frustrated. So because of that perception – I do think the Blazers need to do something. And I think Olshea, I mean, granted, he's already tried. He tried to get the DeMarcus Cousins thing to work, and that kind of fell apart for the, some stupid reason with the agent being the same as Nurkic. Um, and he tried, you know, he's tried other things throughout the last couple of years. But he has to try to get a big pl- big name player in a trade. He has to. He has to. Whether that's Kevin Love, whether that's Kawhi Leonard, although I think Kawhi Leonard's not happening um, for Portland, at least. Um whether that's I don't know I don't know who else there is I know those are the two big names that have been bandied about and I I would love if Kevin Love came here I just think it makes the team so much better but um, I, you have to do it or else you're 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 just sitting here with an off after getting destroyed in the first round and doing basically nothing you're sitting here so Olshay there says he wants to make trades or he wants to try to so there you go. There's some positive hope, I suppose. So I get he really wants us to feel better about the fact, well, nobody else in the league is making trades, so like, why should we be trying to make trades? Well, because you want to get better. And what, what do you know? What Denver made a trade to get better. Denver's gotten better this offseason. It looks like they just uh, – Philadelphia just got Wilson Chandler in, in his contract. It looks like they just got just a little bit better in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, man, everybody's making trades. It's getting better. You sign two guys that – do not help you win right now. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're all wrong. Maybe Anthony Simons comes out and he's Allen Iverson or he's, man, early Derrick Rose or whatever the case is. Like, we don't know. But at this point, judging from what the rest of the Western Conference is doing and has done, and it looks like the Lakers aren't really done yet with kind of adding pieces to their team. Oh, that's weird, too. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to have time to get to that today, but what they're doing is strange. It's Magic Johnson. Like, Magic Johnson doesn't care. He's been getting trouble all year for tampering. He knew LeBron was coming there. Like, you don't get in trouble that many times for... You got in trouble for tampering to get Paul George and then didn't even get Paul George. Yeah, and so, I mean, but I, I think he kind of knew what he was doing. They had some type of plan. But either way, so the Lakers have a plan. At least it's a weird one. Like, what's what's the Blazers? You know, you look around the, West, the rest of the Western Conference and all the top teams, the teams that were supposed to be among the top teams are making moves with the exception of Minnesota, and they might lose Jimmy Buckets sometime soon. Well, one, one texter on the Better You Today text line did say Jimmy Butler once had a Minnesota. That would be a great addition. Yes, it would. Uh, I forgot about that. That's another player who is pot- a potential target. Um, he's got – this is his last year of his deal, and then he says he wants to play with Kyrie Irving. But, again, 
I think as we learned from the Paul George situation, take that risk because maybe he'll stay. Maybe he'll stay. And then all of a sudden you're that much better of a team, right? So, I mean, just that's another option. If you're trying to make a big name splash trade as the Blazers, obviously Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Love, and Jimmy Butler also reported, reportedly unhappy in Minnesota. So these are all options, man. And the one thing we've heard about Jimmy Butler is that he's kind of hard to play with. You know, that's – I don't know. He's He seems like one of those guys that would kind of – you know, once he gets angry, the, the the locker room starts changing and stuff like that. And so the one thing we can say is the Blazers at least look like they have a cohesive, you know, locker room. They have for years, it point. seems like. Yeah, it seems like they haven't had real problems with each other. Guys are, guys are best friends with guys that don't necessarily play a whole lot and stuff like that. So, I mean, you never really know. But Jimmy Butler isn't one of those dudes I feel like would really fit this Portland culture. If he wants out of Minnesota that has Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and a, a, a shot at the – at the playoffs. Did you really see the report? He said he wants out, or the report said he wants out because he's tired of the nonchalant attitude of Carl Anthony Towns. Yes. Which the Blazers don't have. Their their young guys are not necessarily nonchalant, not really caring. No, you have the opposite with Damian Lillard, who's kind of obvious wears his I mean in, in a way wears his emotions on his sleeve. This guy, you know, and when you see him play, when you see him lose, wants to win, which I'm sure that's something that Jimmy Buckets wants. Although the thing that's disturbing to me is this is two places in a row where he's been like, I want out. Yeah. And that's that says something. Chicago, okay, made sense. Things were kind of falling apart. Minnesota, man, you've got something young. And man, you're concerned about Carl Anthony Towns, his nonchalant attitude, the same dude that averaged twenty three and twelve. You're concerned about his nonchalant attitude, man. We've, okay, but we haven't heard this it. from just Jimmy Butler. We've heard this from a couple people that Carl Anthony Towns does not have the best, the best attitude for a locker room. I mean, look, the T Wolves were supposed to be great, and they really weren't. That that was more so because of injury than anything else. Like, and by the time Jimmy Butler came back, it was, it, it was too. I think they were AC. Where were they? Seven seed. Seven. Yeah. yeah. So by that by that time they had to play the Warriors in the first round. You don't have a chance. Or were they the eighth seed? Did they play the Rockets in the first round? I think they did play the Rockets in the first. I think they were the eighth seed. I can't even remember. Yeah, I don't. It was so close. It's hard to remember. Um, Okay, we got a break again, but we still have two more clips to play. That'll be next segment. Uh, Olshay on the Lillard rumors, and then Olshay on the Stauskas and Curry signings. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 946, Sunday morning. Mike Rashad, Jesse with you. Texas in the Better You Today text line 55305. Tweeted us at Mike Lynch 27 is me. Rashad's at TaylorMade503. Jesse's at Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N. The fan is at 1080 The Fan. Um, we are going through the Neil Shea audio from his presser on Friday with the media. We've already played the Ed Davis cut, which is infuriating. And the lack of trades and what the Blazers are going to do trades-wise, or at least what he's alluding that they're going to do trades-wise coming up. Uh, we have got two more left. I'm going to do this one because this is this has been the big rumors of the entire week. Here's all Shea and the Lillard stuff. As much as I love LeBron, you know, the NBA is in his personal game at Rucker, so he doesn't get to pick his teammates. 
It's not how it works. That's Damien's out there up. working. Damien is here. Damien has three years left on his contract. Um, this isn't the world of let's just, you know, send a couple of texts out on a string and see who wants to run with us. This is the NBA. We have a collective bargaining agreement. We have contracts for players. We have people committed to organizations. Um, we don't get involved. One of the nice things about being up in Portland is we're not in that media maelstrom, you know, down there. But, you know, clearly there are myths that are some of our broadcast partners like to perpetuate because it is clickbait and it brings viewers. And at the end of the day, it's all much ado about nothing. Well, so to me, that's actually the most honest thing that he said in the entire uh, of the four clips that we have. And that's not saying a lot, but um, I have no doubt in my mind that he is not talking to anybody about trading Damian Lillard. I have no doubt in my mind. It would be the dumbest thing if he traded him unless Damian Lillard asked for a trade. Um, it would just, it would just be, it would be stupid. It would, we've already seen Blazer fans upset this off season. If they traded away Damian Lillard, whew, I think you're, you're killing your fan base in one fell swoop. Um, but when he says LeBron doesn't get to pick his teammates, I'm sorry, but is he blind? LeBron has been picking his teammates for years. Now, of course he can't just say like, Hey, come play with me. You got three years left in your deal. But LeBron he makes these moves and he talks to people and he plans things out so that the people he wants to play with do come and play with him. That's what happens. That's what LeBron has done right now. It's not happening instantly in, in Los Angeles because well, the Spurs don't want to trade Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers and Paul George has had to stay in Oklahoma city, but you know what else they're doing in Los Angeles? They're building a team that has a bunch of one-year contracts. And guess what? Next year when all those guys are free agents again, Guess he's going to go play with LeBron. Those guys. LeBron does pick who he wants to play with. It's just not instant. He does send out text messages and go, let's go. Let's go win a title together. And players are like waiting in a huge line to do that for him. It's obvious. We've seen it. Um, Olshay sounds, you know, ridiculous. And maybe, maybe he could take a, a, a page out of all the other GM's books that have had LeBron and had some success with him. Man, give your star player what he wants. Let your star player go out and pick his team and the guys that he wants to come and run with and then actually get them in the building, at least for a sit-down. The Blazers aren't even in the building to have the conversation with LeBron. They're not they're, they're or or with Paul George for that matter. They're not even they they don't even get the 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 text message to say, hey, you you up, you trying to meet? None of that. So I'm 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 trying to understand if you're not in tank mode now, what are you doing? Because that's what it seems like. It doesn't seem like you're putting things in, in place. And we just got a, a text here that says, man, it looks like they you can assume they're voluntary tank slash rebuild mode. Yeah, that's what I think. And if you're tanking slash rebuilding, don't make this man who's done nothing but perform for the Trailblazers. He's never missed the playoffs since he's been there. Three years ago when LaMarcus left and the team just blew up, this team was supposed to be a 33-win roster, 30 wins at most. Damian Lillard has had them in the playoffs every single year since then. And, oh, yeah, he just became the first Blazer since Clyde Drexler to be first-team All-NBA. That's the part we're not talking about. There have been two other Blazers all-time in the history of this franchise that have been first-team All-NBA. One of them was Bill Walton, championship. The other one was Clyde Drexler, eventual championship, not here in Portland. Two, I think just, just one. Where's – I'm not – listen, Dame has done everything the right way. He sit here and said that I want to stay. I want to win in Portland. Maybe he but does I, want to stay. And maybe he does, but I don't think he wants to lose. And I think he's been saying I want to stay because 
man, I know we can build something here. I know we can make something great. And you have the highest scoring backcourt in the NBA. That's an okay start. Where's the rest of the team? And if you're going to really go into tank mode right now, man, give this man the the decency of saying, yeah. man, we're going to let you go and let you compete. You know, that, that's, that, that wouldn't be fair to him, somebody who's given their entire – you know, and unlike Lamarcus, you know, who said, "I want to be here, I want to be here," and then you didn't believe him. He left the minute he got he got, got a chance. I don't think Dame is going to do that. I think he's going to, like in a KG way, stick around longer than he has to, and then by the time he leaves, he's past his prime and is just a big help on the team as opposed to somebody who can really change the face of your franchise. Yeah, but KG also won the title when he was past his prime, so he still got his title. He got a title. Yeah, he got one. He got one out of it. But I'm pretty sure if he'd have left. Three, four years earlier, he probably would have got a couple. Well, but maybe. But past his pri- if he left three or four years earlier, he's not going with Paul Pierce and Ray Allen to the Celtics either. It's a different team, a different trade. I mean, KG was obviously not as good with the Celtics as he was with the T-Wolves, but he was still really dang good. <laughs> and he did help that team win a title. Um, I'm with you. Look, if they're if they're tanking and they're, and they're actually going to go tank rebuild mode and try to build around youth again, which if you look at the roster, it appears like what's happening. Unless they go and, and perform, like I said, unless they perform a big name trade and all of a sudden it changes the, the trajectory of the team, then you're right. Damian Lillard deserves to be able to to ask for a trade and go somewhere else. You know, I, I would hate to see Damian Lillard leave because I love watching him play. And I think he does represent the Trailblazers well around the league. But if he wants to go play with LeBron or if he, wherever, I don't really care. If he wants to go play wherever he wants to get a chance to win a title, then yeah, make something work. And this texture is right. In some sense, he goes... Damian Lillard gives you the most value back in a trade. So if, if that's going to be the case and you're going to do that, then then do it now when his value is at its highest. The only problem I have too, and I said this during the week, is the reported trade that we saw, which I don't really believe because it didn't come from Woj or Shams, the one we saw from Stephen A. and the Sammy Watkins guy from ESPN, was something in the ballpark of Damian Lillard to the Lakers for Kuzma, Ingram, and like two first rounders and then the Lou Walt Deng contract. Like if I'm the Blazers and I'm trading Damian Lillard, I don't want to get two guys who potentially can be good. Mm-hmm. I want to get somebody who is already good Yeah, because you're trading the first team all NBA guy. And if you're getting first round picks from the Lakers, you're getting picks in the twenties because they're about to be a really good team. So you're getting look, Kuzma and Ingram might be really good. Kuzma's they really might really be good. Kuzma is really good right now, but he had, he's a rookie. He's Kuzma's, a rookie. Kuzma's going to be nice. But I don't want to trade away the Blazers' best player, who's an all-NBA player, who's a team leader, who's a face of the franchise, for two guys who might maybe get to Damian Lillard's level. Uh, I don't want to – if you're going to trade Lillard, it better be a better deal than that. That's what I'm saying. I, I hear that. But if you're going to trade Damian Lillard to the Lakers, the only player I want is Kyle Kuzma. And at the end of the day, like, I, I, I don't want Lonzo – I don't think you really. I don't know who else is on that team outside Ingram. of LeBron and 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 uh, Brandon Ingram, who's but decent. You, I mean, decent. You know, but he has but potential. He, yeah. I mean, but it hasn't really uh, come to fruition yet. And Kuzma's a dude in his rookie year that averaged six rebounds and sixteen points, and that's in a, a rookie year for the Lakers. They won thirty five games this year. You put LeBron on that team, that's probably a fifty win team. LeBron is a seventeen win team all all on his own. We we kind of know that. I I would. Do it for one guy, one guy only, and that's Kawhi. the The problem with that is, is then you're without Dame. Kawhi comes here and, and then leaves instantly. Yes, because he doesn't have Dame. I, um, if that's where I think you have to do something, it has to be done with CJ. I think CJ still has value. It went down last year. We all know that, but um, I think he still has value, and I. I 
I, I think that's the piece. And it still has to be a dang good piece if you're going to move CJ. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you're right. That's what I agree with you. I don't, again, I'm not trading Dame guy. I don't want them to trade Damian Lillard. So um, it is it is what it is. But I, I, if you have to to the Lakers, I'm taking everything that they have. Give me Dame. I want Lonzo. He ain't going to play, but I want him too. Like, give me yeah, everything it that better, you have. It better be literally everything because they don't have anybody good enough on Damian Lillard's level that would even out that trade, in my opinion. And I think this is the good part about Dame being Dame is you say you put him on the trade block and there's not a team in the league that's not interested in him. Nope. Everybody Drive the value would up. like to have a Damian Lillard on their team. So, man, you get whatever you want. And San Antonio's in a great situation right now because they know everyone wants Kawhi. And so it's just a matter of, man, what do you want to give up for him? You give me all your good pieces and, man, you can have them. By the way, Yassiel Puig just crotch chopped in a highlight. Good job. <laughs> pretty awesome. DX. All right. Two words for you. Last clip. We do have to break. Neil O'Shea tells you why he draft, uh, signed Nick Stauskas, and it's, again, befuddling. These are guys you know, that we've liked for a while. Um, Nick, we, what we do with Nick was we really went back to our college scouting, um, you know, trying to identify guys not, not dissimilar to what we did with Mo Harkless, Shabazz, with myself, with Farouk, um, trying to identify guys who were really high on at one point and wanted to you know, get them back into a fold where we can put them in a system where they can maximize the things I identified earlier in their career that we felt gave them, you know, high potential upside. Um, obviously, Seth's game speaks for itself, his ability to handle, pass, play without the ball, make threes. They're both elite shooters. Um, you know, we really felt like, you know, in the second unit, you know, trying to upgrade that, um, adding more floor spacing, guys with high IQs that can make good decisions with the basketball, um, that fit in seamlessly with, you know, Evan Turner's ability to facilitate um, with our post play. Um, guys that could play with or behind Dame and CJ, you know, in terms of the backcourt. So, um, like I said, you know, we had limited tools in terms of we all we had was a taxpayer mid-level and minimums. So at this point, what we wanted to do was make sure we secured players we know will fit into our system that can translate immediately in terms of skill set and produce on the court and then continue to go about our job in terms of the rest of the offseason. Yeah, yeah, system, vacuum, all the Neil O'Shea words. The key there for me He's looking at Nick Stauskas' college scouting. Oh, look, oh. look, Stauskas was great in college. Uh, he was very good for Michigan. But the dude's been in the league for two or three years, and he's been awful. So you're telling me you're signing a guy based on what you saw from him in college and not what he's been able to do in the NBA? I'm sorry, what? I don't know. I wasn't I'm sorry, what? I wasn't listening to anything he was just saying. Oh, cool. Like It sounded like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Yakety schmackety, like um, that's that's really kind of what I got because it's just it's just all muddled together at this point. You, you got him again. You keep saying Lynch playoff experience. That's not some of it. Veteran experience, he has none. And again, Nick Stauskas. I guess I can under, I kind of understand Seth Curry. You know, Jesse dropped some stats on me for his last uh, few games that he had in Dallas before the injury and everything. Like, okay, that could be a serviceable piece to this Blazers team. Man, Nick Scouse is outside of being what six four, six five, six 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 does nothing. That's all. That's all you've done is got some height, possibly a, a you know a pretty good shooter, you know whatever. But that's pretty much all you've gotten out of that guy. Well, you know? again, and this this will be where I wrap it up because we'll we'll switch gears next. But there's one way to save face with the fans right now. And that is what Jesse suggested in the second segment. Get LeBron. 
Yes, there, there are multiple ways, Okay, but that's not happening. There's one realistic way to save face and give the fans some hope, and that is to make a trade for an established, not maybe not a star, although that would be nice, an established good player that helps the team win now and do it soon because Blazer fans are PO'd and they are sick and tired of hearing this over and over and over again. They're sick and tired of the every six-year rebuild because you just can't crack it in the playoffs and players want to leave, and they want something now. And it's hard, of course, because guess what? Neil O'Shea screwed up and gave the worst contracts in the 2016 offseason. Maybe not the worst, but some of the worst. Um, there were a lot of bad ones that offseason. Timmy Fumazga have anybody? He's been mm. traded like five times because nobody wants that guy. Um, he has to do something. That's the only way to save face right now. It's the only way. I don't know if it's possible. Obviously, Neil O'Shea has been trying, which is a, which I guess is a nice thing. He tried for DeMarcus Cousins. If you remember, he was had the best offer for Paul George, but Kevin Pritchard for the Pacers said no because he hates the Blazers after what they did to him here. You know, so there it's not for a lack of trying. It's just a lack of succeeding. Eventually, you can't you're not just given a pass because you tried really hard. You still got to succeed at some point. And that's what I think has to happen, whether it's Kawhi or Jimmy Butler or Kevin Love or hell, I don't know. Robert Covington might be available for the Sixers. I know that's a smaller deal, but that's a guy who could help too immediately. You know, that kind of thing helps you save face. And hell, re-signing Yusuf Nurkic for a really cheap deal kind of helps a little bit too. Four years, 48 mil. That's like that's 7 million more than you gave Myers. Yeah, and he's way better than Myers. Yeah, yeah I'm So that's actually, that's actually a good deal. I mean, I'd rather have DeMarcus Cousins, but <laughs> it is what it is. Um, and so there's a little there's a little something. So that's that's what you need, in my opinion. All right, coming up next, big three. Should we care? Why should we care? Is it going to be successful? All of those questions answered, or maybe not. <laughs> next on Sports Sunday on the Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 